Welcome to the healing arts of being you. Today we're unraveling a very common psychological phenomenon known as imposter syndrome. You may have experienced this feeling of inadequacy in your own life, constantly wondering if you're truly worthy of recognition for your achievements and comparing yourself to others while holding your gift hostage. We'll learn how to identify, understand, and process these feelings of unworthiness and piece apart the stories we tell ourselves to keep us small. Stick around to hear how you can overcome that imposter syndrome holding you back from feeling valuable and seen, and instead call in confidence and harness your passion to truly fill your cup. Without further ado, here are your hosts, Chelsea and Allison. Welcome everybody to the Healing Art of Being You podcast. We're excited to have you here today, and we are going to talk a little bit about imposter syndrome, how this might show up in our lives, and what we might be able to do in order to kind of start restructuring our mindset around that and start allowing ourselves to experience joy in life and, you know, follow a path of love and truth that just makes us feel really joyful. So let's get into it. Let's get into it. Yes. So Chelsea, talk to us a little bit about like, what is imposter syndrome? So for me, imposter syndrome for me is when you are feeling like the value that you bring to the table from all of your life experiences um, is not worthy or is not valuable in providing you with wisdom or others with wisdom Mm -hmm. that your experience could not benefit others. And the feeling that it might work for you, but why would you want to share that with anybody else? Mm -hmm. The feeling that you are, in your truth, but you have the desire to share that truth with others mm-hmm. and then not feeling like it's going to be received or, or mm-hmm. feeling like though you can see how it could benefit them, you can't connect the dots or the stories are coming in to say that, no, 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 you just, that helps you, but it's not going to help anybody else. Right. It's not applicable to other people. Right. Exactly. Right. It's, you know, what worked for me, I can tell people about it, but it's not going to resonate or they won't receive it or they're going to be critical about it. Exactly. Like I just am broken. I have this problem and it took me, Mm -hmm. I had to, you know, add these tools in to make it function, but that wouldn't, Mm -hmm. I just, I can't share that because Mm -hmm. nobody else is feeling that way. Nobody else is feeling like they aren't good enough or aren't okay enough or aren't doing well enough in life Mm -hmm. the way I notice it showing up for me a lot is like not feeling like I know enough it's like well I haven't had proper training in this thing therefore I'm not qualified to be able to help you even though my life's experiences may be very parallel to what that person's going through they may be starving for assistance or information, but I'm hoarding it for myself because I'm afraid that I won't come off as being credible. You know, I won't come off as being the person who knows what's going on. And that attachment of in order for me to be good enough, in order for me to be worthy, however you want to see it, I have to have the answers. And if I haven't been properly trained in that specific thing, then I therefore don't have the answers. But how do we even get to this, like, how do we get to this place where it's like your life experiences are not good enough, you know? Like, 
like, I know that there's a lot of like coaching certifications out there, mm-hmm. which is, which is fantastic. And I work with a lot of coaches, like mm-hmm. worked with a lot of coaches. Coaching is my jam. I love it. Um, and it's been very, very beneficial, but like, I've had people who have asked me like, well, can I pay you as a coach in my initial instant? Well, I haven't been trained in that. Now, when I'm working with my physical therapy clients, I'm working with them on breaking down a lot of mindset issues that is keeping them in these patterns of physical pain Mm -hmm. or physical symptoms or barriers to intimacy or whatever the case is, right? So I'm already doing that, but because this person is coming to me with no physical complaint, then I'm like, oh, I haven't been trained on that. Oh, let's get you to somebody who does this for a living. Let's get this to you to somebody who, instead of, they're already coming to me and saying, I trust you. I feel comfortable with you. You've helped me with these other things. Will you please help me with this? Because I see your skill set. And I'm like, ooh, but I haven't been trained in that. That is that imposter syndrome. That imposter syndrome holding your gift hostage because you don't have the confidence or the trust in people to be able to receive it. And trust in yourself to be able to handle it if they don't. Absolutely. Because that's hard. Absolutely. I think the brilliant thing that you said there is uh, trust in your gift. Mm -hmm. So another way that I often see imposter syndrome show up for my clients, especially, is seeing their gift as actually what's wrong with them. Mm -hmm. Seeing their gift as the problem. Mm -hmm. So I have the brilliant opportunity of working with a very, very special client who is just an incredible creative. The amount of imagination and creativity that they have access to is so inspiring and it's, it's truly beautiful. And for them, their whole life, they have seen this as something that's made them different, something that's made them not not necessarily different in a good way. A lot of times it's created struggle for them because they've tried to, you know, march to the beat of their own drum and, and be true to themselves and, and show up for themselves in that sense. But it's been criticized by others and been a sense, a a source of, you know, conflict and heartache Mm -hmm. essentially. Mm -hmm. And because they don't fit into the mold. Yes. Because they don't fit into the mold. And so being able to, identify that that brilliance that creativity and that imagination is a gift Mm -hmm. and it's a gift that most people don't possess right Mm -hmm. um and seeing it as something that makes you unique and a perfect opportunity for you to utilize that gift Mm -hmm. in the form of a business Mm -hmm. whether that is facilitating others' creativity or imagination, or offering an opportunity where they have the space to explore their own creativity and imagination, Mm -hmm. whatever the case may be, seeing it as this opportunity rather than the complete opposite, Mm -hmm. right? And so we often when it comes to like what's my purpose in the world? What's my what what's my path? What am I supposed to do? Well, a business owner, a CEO, right? Those, those are pretty hefty titles. That comes with a lot of weight. And a lot of times, people who have gifts that could be monetized mm-hmm. aren't going to explore them because they're like, oh, but I'm, 
I could never start a business. Mm-hmm. I'll be the first to say it, right? Mm-hmm. I could never do that. I could never run a business. So that just has to be. I've got to now put myself back in a box to fitting into whatever opportunity is out there for me that would maybe make me feel good, but definitely wouldn't be pulling those gifts out and letting me utilize them, mm-hmm. right? And so allowing ourselves to realize that you, those gifts the things that make you feel different and make you feel like you don't belong are actually what what make you unique mm-hmm. and what make you divinely meant to dive into those gifts mm-hmm. and explore them and find your own path and how you can share them in the world. Right. And not everybody, like you touched on a little bit, not everybody wants the title. Not everybody wants, like, there are a lot of people out there that it's like, yeah, I have literally zero desire to run my own business, which is perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. But the point of this all is, is that understanding what is easy and brings you joy, what Mm -hmm. has a lot of ease to performance and what brings you joy. Because even if you're somebody who's like, I don't want to run my own business. I don't want to monetize the things I love. You know, I don't Mm want to do that. That's fine. But allow those things to be what you go back to, what keeps you grounded, what keeps you happy and joyful. So that when you do go work for somebody else, that you're feeling, you're not feeling that sense of just being run into the ground over and over and over again, where you don't have autonomy over your decision making. You don't have autonomy over your life. You're living for somebody else. It allows you to kind of keep that groundedness of like, this is what I have joy and love in. This is what is easy for me. And that way you can kind of keep that more grounded balance between the two sides of things. You don't have to monetize the things that you love. You you and I personally have. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are a lot of people out there who are small business owners who have really kind of recognize what it is that they're really good at. And mm-hmm. they've been able to monetize that because what you're good at chances are other people are not. And it's the thing that seems so, it, it's the thing that like, it's a no brainer. You can't believe other people have a hard time with this. Yes. You can't imagine that this would be a challenge, that anybody would ever pay you for this because it's so easy. So easy. Like, how is this not an obvious thing? Like the that, that type, I just. Yes. Oh, I just. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, well you just blah, 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 blah. Uh-huh. And it's like, no, no, that doesn't come easy to everybody. Right. Like think about, think about the most, the, the easiest thing in your life. The thing that comes most, most easily to you. And it could be something so like, you know, it could be something in the world of art, you know, like it's just really easy for me to capture light in nature. Like that's, that is not easy for other people, right? Mm-hmm. It could be something in baking. I can, you know, I just really don't have to look at a recipe. I just kind of can feel it. And I know if I need a little bit more baking soda or a little bit more flour or a little bit more sugar mm-hmm. to make the perfect chocolate chip cookie, right? You just have this like essence, this thing about you that is just it's so easy for you, you know? If mm-hmm. you're the person who in the family, everyone's like, oh, well, we have to wait for so-and-so to get here because they do this thing, right? Yeah. Like, we always joke that, like, Ryan is the finder. I mean, he's he's 
I've never seen anybody who has the skill of finding things as well as he can to the point that literally we will go to somebody else's house Mm -hmm. and they will say, this has been missing for a week and a half. Can you help us find the whatever? And he will. And I mean, he always jokes. He's like, well, you know, I've lost so many things that like you kind of learn like, but he can get into the process of like, what was that person likely going through on that day when they lost this? And he will find the stuff. And that's like, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't know how to monetize that, but I'm sure that there's business coaches out there who are really good at figuring out how to take the thing you're good at and monetizing it, that right. that could turn into a job for him. Absolutely. I mean, imagine the times, the amount of times that you just like buy a new TV remote because you can't find the one that you lost, you know? Absolutely. So the imposter syndrome, it holds us out of our true passion and our true joy because it's so easy for us that we assume It's so easy for everybody else Mm -hmm. that nobody would ever need or want our assistance or input on that thing. And we keep ourselves in these stories that we haven't had enough training in this or we don't know exactly how to do it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it it takes too much money to get started or whatever the case Mm -hmm. that it just holds you in playing small when you could just be living such a more like vastly joyful life. Like I have a friend who he and I were talking before I started my practice and he was like, I just, I can't believe that you're doing this. How are you? Did you set up your business plan? What did you, where did you go to get your loan? This and that. And I'm like, I did, I didn't, I didn't do any of that. And he was like, well, how are you, how are you paying for this? Well, and I was like, well, you know, our, our daughter hasn't been in daycare for a few months. So we've been holding all of that and we're just going to use that money. He's like, well, that's not going to be enough. Like in his mind, mm-hmm. starting a PT practice was a 50 to a hundred thousand dollar endeavor. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, that's not, that's not accurate. Right. But that mindset has kept him. And this is somebody who is phenomenal in his field, highly, highly skilled and sought after by physicians to work specifically with their patients. Mm-hmm. And, he could do amazing things, but that's not for him. That's not where his joy lies in running his own place. That's not for him. But he also tells himself these stories that keep him playing small. And so there's just the stories in general, thinking about like in your life, the things that you're telling yourself that you can or cannot do, Mm -hmm. where is that really coming from? Is it coming from actual true fact? Yeah, you can't like will yourself to be a doctor or a lawyer. You do have to have education for that. You have to have education and training. Like we're not saying that like, oh, you just want it badly enough and you can get it. No. But if you're afraid to take the leap in a relationship, in a business, in a job change, in Mm -hmm. a move, Mm -hmm. in, you know, your kids don't really seem to have a passion for a sport anymore, but you're not sure what you're going to do with your time or you're, you're telling yourself all these stories as to why they need to keep playing, you know? Like, what are the stories that we're telling ourselves that are keeping us in this imposter syndrome and not allowing us to live our true, authentic selves? Amen. Amen. It's all in the stories. It's the stories. It's all in the stories. So let me ask you this. When you have, when you have a story that's keeping you mm-hmm. held back, how do you go about figuring out what your story is? And then changing that for yourself. So definitely support. I am someone who I can see very clearly the mirror, mm-hmm. but like I can see my story within others. Mm-hmm. But unless I have 
someone to see me, it's very difficult for me to get into my own stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and so I would definitely say it's support. It's, it's talking, talking out loud, Mm -hmm. speaking things out loud. I even, I just went over this with the client yesterday, actually, um, that like, you know, oftentimes we will have had that conversation multiple times in our head Mm -hmm. with ourselves and we might get to a good conclusion that we feel okay about. Right. Mm -hmm. But we still need a little bit of validation and the story that gets told is you just, you just need validation. You need everyone else to say it's okay. You need permission, mm-hmm. right? Could that be the story that's at play? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It absolutely can. And has it been? A thousand percent, mm-hmm. for sure. At the same time, there is something to be said for hearing it, mm-hmm. feeling the energy, feeling how it feels to say it out loud and feel that experience in your body. And so for me, it has been something time and time again that I've been able to see that when I am interacting with someone who sees me, when it is a moment that I am opening up to be vulnerable and get that support, that allows me to identify in my own words where the stories are coming into play. Mm-hmm. Because I, I, before I can even say it out loud... I'm almost feeling it happen and like stopping myself. I'm going, oh, and there's a story there. Oh, and there's a story there. Yep. And it's, so it's definitely support. It's definitely talking it out with someone and then being able to identify here is the emotion that I'm feeling when these stories are at play. Mm-hmm. And then giving, really sitting with that emotion and giving it time to, be embodied in my body mm-hmm. because that's the part that is necessary, right? Is the, the idea in the mind and then the feeling, the sensation in the body and sitting with that and allowing true space for vulnerability and clarity to be like, what, okay, what's coming up? Mm-hmm. Why am I feeling this emotion? Mm-hmm. Let's get curious about it. Why is mm-hmm. it here? What is it trying to tell me? Okay. Mm-hmm. Are you unworthy? Sure, Chelsea. Yes, absolutely. Unworthiness. There it is. <laughs> okay, and why? Why is it that this why am I why am I practicing imposter syndrome in this situation? What are the stories that are supporting that imposter syndrome and what's the emotion beneath it that created it all in mm-hmm. the beginning that I was trying to avoid? Yeah, essentially. I love that. I would say my, my technique is very similar. One of the, one of the um, stories that I have told myself repeatedly over time. And what's interesting is as you do the work, the story doesn't really change. It evolves yeah, and it, it becomes sneakier. a little bit sneakier. I mean, yeah, so sneakier. sneakier yeah. It's sneakier. Cause it's like, it seems really obvious when you first start like, Oh, of course, obviously that's what's going on right now. Oh, right. You, for you, it tends to be a recurring theme of worthiness. Mm-hmm. For me, it's that kind of recurring theme, which probably goes back to worthiness, but that, that recurring theme of like, I need to have the knowledge before I speak on this, mm-hmm. right? And and we've talked about our human designs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And there is different trends towards it that kind of take you into just a little bit more of these patterns. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, and I know for me, like I have said on multiple occasions, like I just need to see, I just need to see what other people are doing and then I can gather ideas from that. Well, it's not that I need to. If I get really clear on things, I can come up with my own ideas. Mm-hmm. And then I can run it by people and say like, okay, like, I want to make this happen. These are the pieces that I've got. Can you help me fill in the blanks? Right. Mm -hmm. Instead of just being like, I can't do this until 
other people give me ideas that then I can kind of merge and make my own thing. And it's just that little bit of a change that change takes you out of that imposter syndrome of I can't do this until versus that more like I'm living my true authentic self of, Hey, I want to do this and I'm not entirely sure how, but this is what I've got going on in my head. Now let me reach out to people who are doing this and get their version of it so that I can see kind of how is this going to work for me? You know? Mm Mm-hmm. But I would say a lot of the, a lot of the same process is kind of what I do is I kind of, I recognize first, like it's either the thought or the emotion for me. Um, and like sometimes one is more obvious than the other. Like if mm-hmm. I'm waking up with a pit in my stomach, I don't have a thought there. I don't know what's going on. I know I feel like crap mm-hmm. and I know that I feel it's like, okay, what am I feeling right now? Is this dread? Mm-hmm. Is this worry? is this anxiety or fear or what, what's happening? What am I feeling here? Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, then I try to identify like, what is the actual emotion that I'm feeling? Okay. As I think about that emotion, what are the thoughts that are coming through my head? Okay. There's where the thoughts are coming from. Okay. This is what I'm, this is, I'm, I'm having dread because I have to have an interaction later with somebody that Mm -hmm. I have just been avoiding and Mm -hmm. I really don't want to have this interaction with this person. Okay. And what's the story I'm telling myself? The story I'm telling myself is that this person is going to be unappreciative of what I'm trying to help them do, and they're going to be hateful towards me or angry towards me for trying to help them because I'm not helping in a way that they think they need to be helped. So now I'm feeling unworthy because they're not appreciative of the information that I'm offering them, and I'm feeling on guard, and I'm feeling guarded, and I'm feeling, you know, dread about this upcoming thing. So then it's sitting with the emotion, and I will say... I had heard the phrase, you got to sit with your emotions for so long that I was like, if one more person says this to me, I'm going to lose my mind. What the heck does that even mean? What do you you mean sit with your emotion? Like what? First of all, it's taken me 30 plus years to even feel emotions, right? So now you're telling me to just sit with this. I barely even know what this is. So sitting with emotions is really at its most basic moment is that you are literally just sitting there and feeling inside your body, Mm -hmm. what am I feeling, right? So for me, with dread, I feel like heaviness in my stomach. Mm -hmm. And then it just feels like I can't get a deep breath in, like there's like a tightness in my chest. When I'm feeling when I'm feeling anxiety, mm-hmm. that is much more chest-based for me. That is much more like, okay, there's tightness in my chest. I feel like my shoulders are being drawn in. Mm-hmm. When I'm feeling angry, that's actually more tightness in my throat. Like I'm not saying what I want to say kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. So I, there are different emotions that elicit different feelings, different physical feelings in the body. Mm-hmm. And then just sitting with that emotion and feeling that sensation and not trying to hide from it, just saying like, okay, this is dread. I'm feeling a pit in my stomach. I'm going to breathe into this pit in my stomach. I'm going to notice what happens. When I breathe into this pit, my stomach actually gets a little bit tighter. It's not ready for a deep breath right now. That's fine. I'm going to go ahead and take some more shallow breaths. I'm just going to feel this. Is that sensation traveling anywhere? If it does travel, does it get more intense? Does it dissipate? And you just follow it. Sometimes people will give it like a color or they'll give it like a shape or they'll give it like a character. It feels like a, like it feels like a snake coiling around my intestines mm-hmm. or it feels like a dragon blowing fire through my throat. Like mm-hmm. they'll just describe it, just feel it and just sit with it because physiologically 
You cannot feel that chemical emotion because, again, a thought Mm -hmm. leads to a chemical reaction in the brain that causes a physical response in the body, and that physical response in the body is the emotion. You cannot physically – that doesn't physically last longer than – 90 seconds. 90 seconds. So if we sit with it for 90 seconds, we allow our body to process that feeling Mm -hmm. and just feel it and then let it get out. If you have to cry – Great. Release that energy. Release it. There are, in the there are stress hormones in your tears, in your sweat. If you're a person who's like, I feel like people got criticized for a really long time, like exercise is my stress management. And it's like, well, no, therapy should be your stress management. Well, no, actually it's both. Like yeah. exercise is absolutely a stress manager. Absolutely. Stress hormones come out through your sweat. Very much a stress manager and also therapy for why are we feeling so escalated. Right. Right. So it's not an either or. But anyway, back to the actual processing. So figure out the sensation. What are the stories that we're telling ourselves? Mm -hmm. Sit with that sensation. Let your body feel it. And then I like to think about, okay, what is the actual scenario? What, what, like the unemotional, these are the facts. If I'm writing like a, like a research report, mm-hmm. this is, this is my, you know, this is the facts of the thing. Mm-hmm. The fact is I will be seeing fill in the blank later today. That's it. I will be seeing so-and-so later today. And then my thought, my initial thought is they're going to be resentful and hateful towards me and my recommendations. That is giving me dread. That makes me like my response is then to be like lacking compassion and be more on the offensive. Mm -hmm. Right. And then the result is that we have a really bad interaction. Right. Right. That I feel terrible all day. They leave feeling terrible. Like that's not helpful for anybody. Mm -hmm. So once I can figure out where this is coming from, that for me is where I bring in, um, some people call it stream of consciousness. Um, you know, brain dumping. Mm-hmm. I call it word vomit. I mean, it's literally just, just on the page, write down the thoughts that come in your brain. No, no restriction on what you're saying and just get it all out. It's all the crap out of my head. And in that process, it allows me to get all the other stuff out of my head that then I can have clarity regarding the situation. Okay. Why might this person be so resistant mm-hmm. towards what I'm recommending? Well, if what I'm recommending to them is too simple of a solution, then likely they're going to believe that they have been in this situation for this many years for really no reason because there's a simpler situation, there's a simpler solution. Mm-hmm. And that can feel really harsh on your nervous system. Oh, absolutely. So really, they're not being hateful towards me. Their brain is protecting them, saying it couldn't possibly be this simple because if it were, then you've wasted your time. Well, that gives me a lot more compassion to go into this interaction with this person. Mm -hmm. So instead of me coming into the interaction with this person with imposter syndrome, I have to convince them that this is going to help. I have to, I have to make them believe that this is what's going to work for them when I already know it is, but they're not ready to hear that yet. Then I can come into the interaction with something that they are ready to hear, which is going to be much more along the lines of something that feels better for their nervous system, which is things that they they're asking about you know well Mm -hmm. what is what is something that i can do for this or that like instead of more in a different direction where they're not ready to hear that information yet right we do that okay now we're both coming to the interaction with a lot more level head a lot more kindness and compassion Mm -hmm. and leaving a lot more supported in the long run right so that for me is how imposter syndrome shows up that's how i 
can get clear on where is that imposter syndrome coming from. Mm -hmm. I figure out what's the emotion, what's the thought with the emotion. I sit with the emotion until it dissipates. And then I figure out why am I going through that thought pattern? Why is that the thought pattern I have? Once I figure that out, it's what thought pattern do I want to have about this? What would I rather be able to do now that I understand most likely what their motivation is? Again, we don't ever know anybody anybody until, you know, we have that conversation, but Mm -hmm. That seems like a lot more gentler story, and it seems like it aligns a lot more than this person is a jerk. They're not likely a jerk. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Nobody's ever usually a jerk. Usually when people respond in a jerky way, it's because their nervous system is like protection, protection, right? Mm -hmm. It's not usually them as a person being a mean person. So we can get down to the root of it. We can come at it from a different perspective. We can come at it from a level head, and then now everyone is supported. So that would say that's my my personal process. And I love it. I think that that's, that's so um, universally helpful mm-hmm. in so many different aspects, whether it's like you said, not everyone is looking to make a, you know, career shift and mm-hmm. monetize something that they're good at, mm-hmm. a gift that they are in, but it's also something that giving it's about permission mm-hmm. right, and giving yourself permission mm-hmm. to, to enjoy those things and to, Fill your day with them, Mm -hmm. fill your life with them, Mm -hmm. that it's not just, it's not just something that you do that is, oh, I just kind of like this and it's fun. Mm -hmm. So I just, you know, it's, it's just, oh, it's just a silly this. Or how many times can you, you talk to people about what they like to do for fun Mm -hmm. or what, you know, what, what are you passionate about? What are your Mm -hmm. hobbies? And it's like, oh, well, I just, you know, I just, I I really like to do word searches or I really like to crochet, but it's just silly. You know, it's just, it's Mm -hmm. it's like, hold on a second. Mm -hmm. It's not just anything. Mm -hmm. If you enjoy crocheting, Mm -hmm. if that's what lights you up and truly ignites that heart's desire and that flame and you are all ready to go, sister, Mm -hmm. then we need to shift. Prioritize that. Right. We need to prioritize. Even just the words that we're using to describe it. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's, let's be mm-hmm. true about it. Let's mm-hmm. get in your truth. Let's be honest and forthcoming mm-hmm. and straightforward. And like, you know what? I freaking love to crochet. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. It's my passion. Mm-hmm. I crochet night and day. Imagine how much more freedom you feel in the action of crocheting, yep. if you're allowing it to be as big and colorful and beautiful as it actually is within your system, mm-hmm. externally of your system, mm-hmm. you then are calling in so much joy, mm-hmm. so much more desire and passion and all the excitement and encouragement and all the things because you just opened, you expanded your container. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about it in a little, oh, well, it's just this, it's just that, it's just mm-hmm. then it can only fill that much yeah. of your cup. Oh, yeah. We are very similar to goldfish, right? Whatever mm-hmm. we put, whatever container we put ourselves in, that's what we're going to fill up. Absolutely. And if we're continuing to play small, we're going to continue to have a small life. Mm-hmm. If we allow ourselves to play big, to have joy, to have fun, to do these things that like truly make us a happier person, yeah. you know, like anybody can, anybody can respect it. If you're in a good mood versus being in a bad mood, where are you more likely to be of service to others, right. to provide joy to others, to light up somebody else's life. Mm-hmm. If we're barely surviving and we're spending our entire time doing obligatory things that we need to survive, mm-hmm. we're all we're doing is just bringing everybody else down as well. 
you know, and we have an entire society of people who are barely surviving. Well, no wonder people feel like garbage all the time. You personally feel like garbage and you're surrounded by people who feel like garbage, right? And if you can be that cycle breaker and you can say, you know what, this one little thing brings me joy, get it in your life. Get it in your life. Make it a priority. You know, priority. Yeah. Has to be. It is. And getting clear on the things that are obligations and things that you actually do enjoy that you are kind of like hiding as an obligation because Mm -hmm. like you don't believe that you're worthy of having joy. Yes. Like that was one that for, for Ryan and I was really, when I kind of started my transition in all of this, it was kind of like, you know, I've always said how I've always been like into the busyness, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I've, and I've recognized the benefits of the busyness for a long time. It was really, my nervous system was doing its absolute best to protect me. It was, I was staying busy enough that I didn't have to face anything that felt heavy. And that was the safest thing to happen for me. Once I finally decided that I did want to face some of these things, I did want to make a change. Some of the business had to go. You know, and what I realized is that when I would set up a carpool for the kids that now I'm not sitting at their practice, all I have to do is go pick them up. It was like, oh, turns out I actually enjoy watching them play. I wasn't just running around to run around and look like I'm doing whatever. Mm -hmm. It was like, oh, no, I actually I really enjoy this. Okay, well, then at least now I know that, like, I'm allowed to enjoy. I'm allowed to enjoy watching them practice, you know? So just kind of getting that clarity of like, why and I would, Ryan and I would sit down and we're like, okay, like why, why are we letting the kids be involved in so many different things? What are we doing here? Mm -hmm. You know, are we doing that just because that's what we were used to? Are we doing this because we are trying to keep ourselves so busy that we can't address anything big? Mm -hmm. Um, or are we doing this because we genuinely like enjoy it? We, we love hearing their assessment of what they're doing. We love hearing them setting goals for themselves and reaching their goals. Or if they didn't reach their goals, what can they do differently? Right. Like that is something that we genuinely enjoy. It's like, okay, well then going to soccer practice, that is, that is my time. You know, that's their time, but it's also my time, you know? So there'll be times that like, you know, we'll, we'll sit in the car and I'll read my book and I'll watch. And, you know, my daughter will be coloring in the backseat or we'll go out and, you know, she'll go play in a giant mound of dirt and that's her mm-hmm. joy. And, um, you know, or Ryan might come by and he'll pick her up and I'll just sit and watch and just have some quiet time while I read or listen to an audiobook and watch the soccer practice. Um, but it's like for, for years and years and years, I was hiding in kids sports as obligation You know, like it's, you know, I would be robbing them of their opportunities in life if I didn't give them the opportunity to try every single possible thing they enjoy, like they wanted to try. Mm -hmm. And then when I was able to get clear and I was like, oh no, I really enjoy hearing them try new things. I enjoy hearing them talk about these new things and what they liked about it. And do you want to get better at that thing? Or did you feel like that one camp or that one class or that one, whatever was good enough to, to whet your appetite and you're kind of done with it, you know? And so I think because we don't deserve, we don't think that we deserve time for ourselves. We don't think that we deserve happiness. Mm -hmm. We, our nervous system is still like, please give it to us. So we hide it in this obligation. We hide it in things that's like, you might be doing things in your day right now that actually do bring your joy. If you allowed yourself to believe that you deserved to have that joy with it. I was going to say that. Yeah, absolutely. It's the, the permission Mm -hmm. to feel joy. Mm-hmm. It, it's you are deserving of joy just by existing, mm-hmm. just by your consciousness being present. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to come after a bunch of hard work first. Mm-hmm. And that 
dynamic right there is super hard to let go of. Mm-hmm. Super hard. I'm, I'll be the first to say that I, that's a pattern that I definitely still need to work through. Mm-hmm. That the idea of efforting, putting in all the effort, then that's when it's allowed to bring you joy. Mm-hmm. And we don't deserve things unless they're hard. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And you can't ask for something mm-hmm. joyful unless you've done something to deserve it. To deserve it. Yes. It's that conditional love. Mm-hmm. Unless you, know, you clean that room, you're not getting that ice cream cone, mm-hmm. right? Or vice versa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Absolutely. For sure. It's, I mean, it's it's so interesting that it's like we're constantly looking for unconditional love, yet we're giving ourselves love conditionally. Mm-hmm. You know, you can take a break and rest once you have the yada, 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 yada. You know? Yeah. It's, you know, you can, you can, you know, talk about this or that to other people once you have La, 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 Yes. You know? And it's just that that conditional love that we have for ourselves. You know, you can have this once you've done this. Mm-hmm. Instead of just having love and compassion for ourselves in the messiness, mm-hmm. in the, in the you know, mistakes and in the learning process to just be like, yeah, I'm still, I'm still learning, you know? Mm-hmm. It's hard stuff. It is. It's hard it's, stuff. It's so hard. We don't recommend that you do it by yourself. No. Support is all. And that that, that can be, you know, that could be a coach. That mm-hmm. can be a friend. Mm-hmm. It can be a significant other. It can mm-hmm. be somebody. Somebody who you feel seen by. Mm-hmm. Um, Therapists, counselors, yes. like mental health professionals. There is, first of all, there are so many more than there used to be. And there's still a shortage based on what we need, mm-hmm. you know. And what the really, really cool thing is with mental health um, counselors right now and, and just in the mental health, mental health world, there are so many specialties. Mm-hmm. You know, there are people who specialize in just general anxiety, anxiety stress management, things like that, mm-hmm. depression management, all that kind of stuff. But there's people that specialize in pediatrics, mm-hmm. people who specialize in geriatrics, people who specialize in um, like parental health, mm-hmm. like maternal mental health, paternal mental health, mm-hmm. people who specialize in working with people who identify as men and people who identify as women and like the the roles that society puts on those types of people and how they feel like they have to fill in in these roles. Mm-hmm. There are people who specialize in different specific mental health diagnoses. Mm-hmm. There are people who specialize specifically in ADHD or autism or you know the more complex you know mental mm-hmm. health diagnoses like there are people out there who do that we just don't have enough of them and the wait lists are long you know I have one I have a, I have a patient right now who's been on, on a wait list for um, somebody who specializes in disordered eating she's on four to five different wait lists and she's been on them for at least three months now. I mean, it's we do need more people. If you mm-hmm. are, if you are considering going into a, a field of mental health, please, please do get the training in that um, because people need the help. But also, if you're going through these things, even if you don't have a clinical diagnosis, there are people that can help you figure out what are the stories that you're telling yourselves. Mm-hmm. How is that keeping you in the small box? Mm-hmm. How is that keeping you stuck in imposter syndrome? And how can you finally break out of that to find the things that bring you joy in life and help you, if you want to monetize it, mm-hmm. help you monetize it. If you don't want to monetize it, you absolutely don't have to. But how can you bring more of that in your life yes. so that you can still feel that joy and abundance and happiness and not feel like you're just barely hanging on Mm -hmm. and get to that state of ease yes life doesn't have to be so hard and that being said I will say my life has so much more ease than it did four years ago five years ago right Mm -hmm. um so much more ease that doesn't mean my life is easy no I still wake up with pits in my stomach sometimes Mm -hmm. I still snap at 
my spouse or my kids sometimes because I, for whatever reason, I didn't sleep well or I didn't eat the way that I know my body wants to be fed Mm -hmm. and I, my blood sugar tanks or I'm stressed out about something like those things still happen. Mm -hmm. But the techniques for repair are so much more easily accessible. The ability to give myself grace is so much better. The ability for my family to give me grace is so much better. Mm -hmm. Um, And the ability to kind of move forward and not have that be a detrimental impact on my family is so much greater than it was four years ago. We have more things on our plate now than we did then. The, mm-hmm. the capacity to handle so much more amazing things in our life is is monumental compared to what it was before, you know? Monumental. But it does start off with the basics. The, basics. the getting to know who you are at like the depths of your heart and your soul. How are you interacting with the environment around you? And what stories are we telling ourselves that are making these things feel like a big deal when really they're not? They're really yeah. not the end of the world. Right. And it feels so much like it's in the end of the world. It's mm-hmm. the end of the world. And it's so funny, and I'm sure you've experienced this as well. But like when I work with my clients and they'll tell me something and it seems like such a big thing for them. Mm-hmm. And I can give them something that is such a simple little tweak and they're like oh my gosh why did I think of that and it's like because you are in stress mode right now it's not your brain's job to think of a solution here it's your brain's job to keep you alive right now right that's why you're working with other people Mm -hmm. you know and I see the same thing I say the same thing when I work with my coach I was like oh my gosh Allison that's so freaking obvious Mm -hmm. why didn't you think of that and they'll say the same thing because for this particular aspect of your life, your brain was protecting you. Yeah. It was not your job, your brain's job to try to find a solution on this, you know? Mm-hmm. So get the support. Get the support, folks. Get the support. Yeah. We don't need to do this by ourselves. No. No part of the human experience needs to be alone. Mm-mm. No, not at all. Um, do you have anything else you want to add on this topic? Really just, I feel like... Um, you know, that's kind of what we're about here is, is the community and the support and the, Mm -hmm. the space to be vulnerable and open Mm -hmm. and honest with yourself Mm -hmm. and with those around you and know that that is a sign of strength Mm -hmm. and a sign of growth Mm -hmm. and progress and not a sign of weakness Mm -hmm. or brokenness or any of the other Mm -hmm. rabbit holes that you could spiral down. Right. And if you're in the Columbus area, and you feel like you would like resources in these areas, reach out. If we don't have that resource, we probably know somebody who does. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are happy to help you kind of follow that little Absolutely. pull if on that thread. Questions or mm-hmm. you have stories or you're like, hey, listen, I can't get past this portion of my imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Or whatever it is, let us know. Yeah. Happy to talk about it. Yep, happy to talk. Um, so as a recap, let's... Feel our emotions, folks. Feel them. Feel the emotions. Sit with it. Give yourself a good heartfelt two minutes to just feel it. And it's going to be crappy. It'll be crappy. It's never fun. But Mm -hmm. then you can be done with it, which is kind of nice. Yeah. So feel the emotions. Figure out the thoughts that are keeping you there. Figure out why are you telling yourself that. And then what would we rather be talking about? What's the story we'd rather be telling and let's go ahead and enact that. Let's mm-hmm. pull ourselves out of our tiny little fish tank. And let's move into the ocean. Let's live our lives full of abundance. Um, yeah. Sound good? Even though there are sharks. Even though there are sharks. Yeah. The ocean's scary, but yeah, you are always protected and guided. Yes. Yes. 
Exactly. Uh, the shark story we'll have to we'll save for another That'll time. Next, yeah, we'll next save time. the shark story for another time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we hope everybody has a wonderful, amazing week, and we hope that this was helpful. And if you um, felt like this was helpful or you tried this, please let us know how it went for you. If you feel like you need any further guidance, happy to help with that as well. And either pointing you in the right direction of people who would have um, professional assistance in that area anything we can do to help but we hope everybody has a fantastic week and we look forward to seeing you all again soon thanks for being here with us today i hope this conversation has left you feeling a little less alone in your troubles and gives you the foundations to accept and believe how deserving you are of recognition and celebration for the magic you bring to the table if you've enjoyed listening leave us a review letting us know what really hit home for you and what you'd like us to delve into next Check out the show notes below for more information on how you can get involved with our mission and follow us on social media for more exclusive content lovingly created to help you nourish the soul, heal the body, and expand your mind. Until next time, we bid you farewell with love and light.